Welcome to Top Tech, a radio show discussing and offering insight on technology by the most powerful man in Canada. I'm Johnny Blakeborough, producer and host. Joining me, as always, is Ian Horner and Brendan Beach-Deary. If you want to use variables in Automator, you got to remember one thing. What you got to do is you got to declare the variable, and then you've got to actually stop the flow. <laughs> Then what you gotta do is you've actually gotta declare what the variable is. And then again you gotta stop the flow. Then you actually continue on with the rest of the program in Automator. But before you actually use or declare any variable, you have to stop the flow. Yeah. Stop the flow. At this time, drop the bass as the most powerful men in Canada discuss top tech. This week, automation and workflow. I'm up all night to tweak workflow. <laughs> yep. We got into a big discussion about how to make this podcast go faster. Not really for us, mm-hmm. but I, well, I mean, after the fact, not to help people get through the podcast that much faster. <laughs> we should probably think of a way of dealing with that as well. Exactly, exactly. And of course, I have nothing to do with the production side of it, so I'm going to jump in wherever I can. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to leave it to you guys. Well, right now, after we've recorded a show, we save everything up on Dropbox, and we work all our show notes and everything in Dropbox. After I start listening to the show from all the different recorded copies that we get, I try and streamline the way that I make the show because every week there's a lot of things I'm doing exactly the same. This is a big thing about computers, and we've talked about this before, is that computers are way better at this kind of thing than humans are. And there's no point wasting your time doing the same thing over and over and over again if you can spend a bit of time creating a workflow or a script that can do some of that for you so that you're not doing the same thing over and over again. It also takes out the possibility of mistakes creeping in. You get tired, you make a little mistake. If you build the script right in the first place, every time you do it, it will work out. And so, well, maybe. (laughs) It doesn't have to be as complicated. I mean, because we're saying the word script, and for anyone who's a general audience listening... You know, you're going to be like, oh my God, scripting, that's like command line. So that's like me typing on a keyboard and doing whatever. It doesn't have have to to, be that difficult. I have to edit my autoexec.bat to make sure I have the most amount of memory when I run Windows from the DOS prompt. Oh God, and I used to make those little menus and stuff. So you could could have multiple different, oh God, those were the days. That's one form of scripting. There are other much more easy forms of... I, I'm going to probably slip into saying scripting, but it really is just it almost in a way a, a way of high level programming. Thing, I mean, something that I've done in the past when I was when I was working desktop support is doing things like setting up a computer to turn itself off at a certain point. When I worked in the library, that was very helpful because then I didn't have to go around turning off 15 computers. We just knew that they all would all turn off at a certain time, which also helped get people out the door and go home. That's exactly what this is for. Yeah, is when you're doing the same thing over and over again. There's no point in you doing it. If you can make the computer do that work for you, it's going to make your experience of using a computer so Mm -hmm. much better. So one of the things we do when we actually do this show is we use something called the levelator on our voices to make sure that we're all, our voices sound at the same level as as each other and within our own system. 
all you need to do to use the levelator is to drag a file on top of it. Well, this is a perfect place where you can use a bit of automation. What happens is we record ourselves all individually, and then we actually use Dropbox to consolidate our files. What you can do in Mac OS X, which is something that both uh, Johnny and I use for the production of the show, is you can set up what's called a folder action, mm-hmm. which will then execute a script. Just as soon as you drop it in the folder. Anytime something shows up in the folder, the script goes off. Have the script say, is this an audio file or is this a different kind of file? If it's an audio file, do this. And maybe the do is, is run this through the levelator. Mm-hmm. And I, I do a very simple one, drop this into this Dropbox folder, create an email with these people in the to field, the link to the Dropbox file in the body with a bunch of other content that I have in every single episode so that I can send the file to the radio station when it's ready to go. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of really great things you can do with very simple folder actions. And it's not as scary as you would think. I was really afraid of scripts for a long time. I was worried about knowing the syntax of how to work it, but it's all very object-oriented, well, and they, they have preset stuff that you can just select. Let's start at the top. A folder action is really just that. It's just a watch a folder and do a thing. The thing is actually the script itself, and there's many ways, at least on the Mac, to do that. Well, I guess we can start off on that respect. There's a, On Windows, there's, there's some sort of scripting engine. You can go Google for that, but we... we <laughs> <laughs> there's a thing built into, into Windows since, like, Windows 95 or Windows 98, but it's, it's the scheduled tasks program, yeah. and that's what I would use to just tell the thing to turn itself off at night. You can make it uh, run other things if you want to at certain times during the day, but I mean, most applications these days, like antivirus programs and all that, are all set to do their own scheduled tasks at their own, uh, at their own pace at their own time. Mm-hmm. So let's not worry so much about that, because that's fairly simplistic, and I haven't had a lot of experience doing a lot of really in-depth stuff, whereas the stuff that Ian and Johnny are talking about is going to be a hell of a lot so more interesting. If, if we go high level and work our way down, the next step down from the high level is something called Automator. And that's a built-in piece of software in Mac OS X since, I think, if you have a computer now, you probably have Automator. Yeah, I think it came out in 10.5 or 10.6. Yeah. And Automator is a really great automation system because it's drag and drop. It basically shows you all the things you can do on a a big list on the left-hand side and all the things it can do things to on the same list. You basically just drag and drop what can I do things to and what can I do to them into a big fat list. And then you either make that into an application that you drag programs onto or files onto or you make it into a a script that you can execute through folder actions or what have you. Or, Or on startup or whatever you like. And there's a few other uh, programs out there. Uh, one of the good examples is Hazel, which is much like Automator, but heavily relies on these uh, on these folder actions and, and watchable folders, and gives you a lot more uh, a lot more control over what you can do. And again, does it in that wonderfully visual system. You can do all sorts of really interesting things of chaining folder actions as well, right? Like you could have a folder action that does something. Keyboard Maestro is another uh, program which you can also get, which uh, allows you to hook these scripts up to keyboard actions. Oh, so you just do a keyboard shortcut, and then it executes a bunch of stuff in the background. Exactly. You know, giving you a use for all those uh, lonely F keys at the top of your keyboard. <laughs> They're so lonely. So sad. So going down from that into the next level is something called AppleScript which was supposed to be a human-readable scripting language for the Macintosh, and it's been around since, oh God, Mac OS 7, I believe. Mm -hmm. But it's, again, it's 
kind of human readable, but it's really approaching what you could call an actual programming or scripting language. Yeah, they've got variables and and syntax that is not necessarily obvious to the first time you're using it. And it takes a little bit of digging around and kicking, whereas, the, as you said, the level above it where you're just dragging and dropping options in and having drop-down menus within those options is much simpler than having to figure out the syntax of an Apple script. But very powerful if you take the time to actually learn about it. And then we get into the terminal. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't take us down the rabbit hole. I'm afraid, Ian. I'm so afraid. Well, you know, if, if you're going to spend your time learning how to script things, then you might as well script things using the bash terminal, which is basically just the, the shell itself. But once you're in the terminal, a whole world of scripting options open up. It's up to you from JavaScript to Ruby to PHP or Python. You're scaring me. Yeah. And then that things get really powerful. But you don't need to go into that level of depth in order to get like some really cool automated functions happening on your computer that can save you a ton of time and make your life easier. Yeah. Basically, anything you can do with a file, you can do at the automator level, at the Apple script level, or right down to the terminal. However, this is just the scripting. This is just the chaining together of tiny tools. The automation part comes next. So you've got the folder actions, you've got your Hazel. Well, uh, what if you want to get a little bit deeper into your system? Or if you've, say, got another Unix-based system, perhaps a free Unix-based or Linux system. Unix has something called Cron. Cron, uh, see, Cron, Cron, Cron I know. Crush. All hail Cron. <laughs> Cron's big thing is that it it's the automation system that runs in the background. If you think of it as just a big text file, what you, your interface to it is essentially just a big text file where you just tell it, I want to do this, and I want to do it at this time on these days. And you can get very, very finicky and kind of noodle with it a little bit. It was for things like cleaning up log files because, you know, log files can grow to be really, really big and take over your hard drive. And so Cron's whole thing is just like, it's just a table. That's why the, the file is called CronTab. Uh, you just lay your stuff out in a table and say, I want to do this, I want to do it at this time, I want to do it this many times, or just do it infinitely, I want to you know, do it in this way. You could do a thing just as simple as making that script, like saying I want to run uh, this and then this and then this. You just put that in a little script, and then you just tell Cron, I want you to run this every day, I want you to run this every week, I want you to run this every 13 hours, for whatever reason. Um, and anything that's a Unix alike, like uh, even Mac OS X, is going to have that same kind of ability where you can you can program stuff in that way. I believe we have a word for that, BJ. I believe it's called a POSIX-compliant system. Yes, thank you. <laughs> a Unix alike. A roguelike, if you will. Oh, Christ. <laughs> and another thing that uh, a lot of tools, and especially uh, AppleScript and Automator have, that are great even if you don't know the complexities of how to string a bunch of stuff together or run a cron or whatever, is a lot of them have the ability to record actions. So you set a record and do a bunch of stuff and then stop, and it's recorded all the things you did to get to that point, and then you can replay that and actually often be able to edit that thing that you've done so that it has you know very specific results or you take stuff out. You can also get scripts to do really great things like ask you questions. Like it can pop up with a pop-up window and ask you what you want to name the file or pick a location where you want to put it, or the number of how many times you want to copy a file. You can have all these kind of variables come up when the script actually runs. Well, for example, one of the, one of the scripts that I've written and that I just recently debugged was uh, a, a script that 
I do a show called Late Night Dub Fight where I need a lot of video clips. So I take video, take clips from the TV shows I have on my hard drive. But I don't want the whole thing and I don't want to open up a program to edit it visually. I just go in visually and grab the in and out points and then I right click on the, on the, the file I want to do, choose my script, enter in the in point and the out point, and it automatically clips the file down to that size and strips the audio out, because that's something else I need to, uh, to do for the file. Hmm. Now, this is a shell script, but I've used Automator to make it all visual, so that it's not, I don't have to be in the terminal. I do this all in the, in the Finder of Mac OS X. And I could probably even automate it even further if I wanted to by just having it uh, be a folder. So I throw files in there, mark the in and out points, and boom, it, it spits out the, the uh, video files in the format I want. I mean, yeah, I used to do something similar to that when I was setting up images for a website is that I wanted all my images to be 300 by 300. This is a long time ago uh, because that would have been huge at the time. And uh, and I was basically, I dumped a whole bunch of images into a directory and then I had to go through a, a series of steps in Photoshop to say this is what I want to do to each one of these images. But then I could replay that action over and over. Um, and it was just easy as every time I got a new image, I just threw it in that folder and told it, do this. Um, which is uh, sounds rather similar to the idea that you're just saying, here, I'm going to throw you another thing, now just look at this and, and cut here and here. Exactly, except that if you... Uh, <laughs> I had it uh, done wrong, so that the second, t- <laughs> the second number was not actually the out point, but the length of the clip it was going to be. Oh, no. So when doing this on movies, it would uh, end up sometimes with a half-hour-long clip. <laughs> oh, God. When you're looking so, for just a few seconds. Exactly. So there's that. But also, if you're looking to actually automate things using the cron tab, I mean, cron is great on, uh, on Unix and Linux. Mm-hmm. If you're on the Mac OS X systems, then you've got something called LaunchD, which is a, the launch daemon, which is built to be the replacement for cron. A little bit more flexible with what it can do in permissions-wise. But it also has some amazing graphic interfaces to it that allow you to be, put basically anything inside of it. Uh, another script I put together, which is really fun, is uh, I like to try buy posters from this site called Mondo on, mm. on the internet, and their posters go out. They go on sale and sometimes sell out within two or three minutes. Mm. But the time of day that there's their posters go on sale is always random. So unless you're you know really handy with the the uh, refresh key on your browser all the or, time when you're expecting it to come out exactly mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to get it or you can be like me and set up a script that downloads the html the raw html of their website and then compares it to the previous download that you did 15 seconds ago <laughs> <laughs> and alerts you using growl or any or another notification service the instant something changes letting you know exactly when it's time to log in and buy Oh, so it's like a poor man's RSS feed. <laughs> it's like a cheater's RSS feed. It's faster than RSS, and they don't have RSS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These kind of things can really help streamline your life and make things easier, but these are not things to do things creative. You still need your, your you know powerful mind to do things creative. These are things to free up your mind so that you can do things creatively. Having to rename a thousand files or having to resize a thousand images or recut a thousand MP3s, that's the computer's job, right? We already know what we need to do. We can just put the computer to work to do it for us. And it's fun. Yes. 
<laughs> it's worth spending six hours when it could have been done in four. <laughs> Just means that you spend a lot less time the next time. And that's really, true. That's exactly what it's all about. So with that, we have been the most powerful men in Canada. My name is Ian Horner. My name is Johnny Blakebro. And I can be replaced with a tiny shell script. I'm Brendan Beach Deary. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. The most powerful men in Canada would love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at toptech.tiltyhouse.com if you have any comments or if there are any subjects you'd like us to cover in a future show.